All right, guys. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 56. This one's special, as they all are, but I'm, I'm a little bit biased. We have David Guest in the house. Yes, you heard it right. Um, David Guest, I've known him 32 years now. That's it. Uh, we, we happen to be cousins and uh, best buds growing up since day one. So um, super happy to have you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. It's, uh, it's one that I've wanted to be on for a while. Um, so it's an honor, uh, honor to be here. And like I was just saying to you, it's, it's funny because you know, you're my cousin. My sister works here. Uh, and yet this is the first time I've been to your office because it's oh, like, yeah, you know, he's always there. I'll go at some point. Yeah. Um, but then finally, you know, it, it brings me into the office um, also for that purpose too, just to see the office and I'm going to be on the show today, so thank you. That's it, guys. So, um, again, no day my whole life, uh, you know, childhood mini stick buddies and, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, amongst other things. Um, but before we get started, guys, just want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show. Um, again, we couldn't do this without our listeners and, and people getting interested and active and getting feedback. So please like, share, and, and follow. Um, we're going to get all Dave's, uh, you know, socials on there afterwards. Um, and today we're going to talk fitness, we're going to talk personal development, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about perseverance and, and, and mindset, really, with Dave and, uh, you know, going through, again, I know <laughs> this is one of the strongest guys I've ever met, um, so we're going to get into it and learn a little bit more about him. So David's currently working for Echelon Insurance. Um, on the side, he's, he's a mentor and leader for Body, um, which is a, a health and wellness program that we're going to talk about. And, uh, and talk about some of the challenges and struggles that he's faced over his career and his life and uh, how he's kicking butt as a father and uh, a community leader and, um, and just all around great guy. So Dave, we've started changing the topic of the show. So first one is, what was your first paid job? Uh, <clears throat> first paid job was uh, to wash cars okay. in a parking lot for a car dealership. Um, and that was in Caledonia. Yeah. Um, and it was one where I was transitioning from grade school to high school. So it was like, yeah, I need some money. Like, let's do this. Like, how much will they pay me? Yeah. How clean can I get those cars? Right. Um, so that, that was my first job. That's awesome. And so how'd you get it? Um, it's, uh, it was with Cyril's Chevrolet, okay. uh, which is in Caledonia, uh, and they're family friends of ours, uh, and always have been. Yeah. Um, so fortunately it was just a phone call of like, we need someone <laughs> to make sure our cars in the lot are clean. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you can do a good job doing that. Um, and it'll give you your first job. So, um, so that was the first one, which seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. And it's wild. Eh? Is that cash? Is that on the books? Oh, it was cash. It oh, was yeah. cash, which was, you know, fantastic for, yeah. for a kid going into high school <laughs> and it continued like that for a little bit, which was, which was very nice. Yeah. That's great, man. I remember those days back in the, you were, uh, you're hustling, man. You're working <laughs> outside, of, outside of sports and everything else you're going on, like being able to pick up those shifts and, and, uh, and put in that extra effort at such a young age, kind of set you up for success later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what I didn't know is that at the time, um, as my role changed at that car dealership and I went into other roles at the dealership is, you know, I almost grew up at the dealership in a sense, because, you know, as such a little, a little kid kind of going into high school, I was a very small guy, um, you know, lack confidence, just wanting to be social and fit in. Um, and the mechanics there, they really took me in. Um, and they were always like my role models. Um, with some, some, some serious profanity, as you can imagine, <laughs> with mechanics and being in a shop, but, yeah. um, but almost grew up at the shop in a sense. So it's one that is cool because it's very full circle when I go back there just to visit them. 
uh, and I haven't in a while, but when you go back there and visit them and you see, you know, think about where you were when you started as your first job, at least for me, mm-hmm. when I started there as washing cars versus, you know, now, um, and how I grew even while working for, for that dealership. So a lot of life lessons that can be transferred to life, translated to life, um, you know, from your first job, right? Man, I remember I was working at uh, Pioneer Gas Station. I still go to the same gas station all the time, and, <laughs> um, you know, show up in my, in my truck and uh, they see the brand and some of the guys recognize me, but some of the new guys, like, you know, it's kind of, I, I always ask them, where are you going next? What's the next step? And it's interesting to hear where they're going and what their, what their thoughts of what they're capable of and yeah, kind of yeah. some of those limiting beliefs at an early age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you started at a car wash on the side. Tell us a little bit about yourself now. Well, it's a, it's a long story, but, um, you know, I went, to, I went to school at Humber College for paralegal studies. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know in high school, like, you know how those conversations go with your guidance counselor, right? Like, what do you want to do with your life? And they're like, I'm in grade 10. Like, I have no idea how to answer this question. Like, what do you mean I have to know now? Um, but all I knew is, like, one of my areas of strengths was in the law. Um, and I was a very, like, average student, but for whatever reason, the subject of law I excelled in. So I'm like, okay, well, what can I do with that? Um, and paralegal was one that like, stood out to me. So I went to Humber College, um, graduated there in, in about 2011. Okay. Um, got my paralegal license through the Law Society of Ontario. Um, but I was only 19 when I, I got my license. So to <laughs> me, it was like, okay, great. I've graduated. I have my license. But now technically I can act on behalf of clients in court. But I'm only 19 years old. Like, this doesn't feel right. I don't have the confidence to, to do that. Um, so I eventually got a job at a law firm in Hamilton okay. uh, in 2013. And I started there as a law clerk. And it was a great job because it gave me the foundation of legal knowledge to then build that confidence uh, in the legal field. And it gave me my start. Um, and I worked there for about three and a half years. And I was always corresponding with bodily injury adjusters um, because in the insurance industry, um, you know, you have your law clerks, you have your lawyers. Um, You know, I would be the law clerk that would do all the work and pass it off to the lawyer for whatever step of the proceeding. Um, And what I was doing was I was working predominantly with motor vehicle accidents um, for lawsuits for bodily injury. So people suing each other if, you know, they rear-end you or you rear-end them and they're suing you for bodily injury because, you know, you, you hurt them. Um, so that's where I would come in. And I always thought, you know, I want to have more control over the decisions that are made on those files. And as a law clerk, you're very limited there. You do the work and you pass it off. Um, so luckily, an opportunity came up with Intact Insurance. Uh, so I joined Intact as a bodily injury adjuster in late 2016. Um, and did your um, did your paralegal, like, really help you get into that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think with a lot of a lot of schooling though it's it was a lot of theory based stuff so i wouldn't say that you really need to have that or maybe um you know you have to go and have paralegal first in order to feel like you have that foundation and then you go into the legal field um but there was eventually things that i learned in my paralegal program that i was able to take once i had a better understanding of the legal landscape mm-hmm. um so it definitely was an asset um, and I wouldn't change a thing because it was, you know, the paralegal, the license, the understanding of wanting to start at a law firm, getting that that um, that knowledge and that experience, then going into an insurance company, working for an insurer, and then having more control over being a bodily injury adjuster, which was my role intact. Um, 
and I'm really being the one that's driving the files in terms of how you want to negotiate, how you want to settle. It's very analytical. You have to assess the claims every day, and it, it was something that was a great fit for me. Yeah. Uh, from there, um, up until about late 2020, I think it was early 2021, um, I wanted to make a change. It just felt like it was a great organization, great people. Um, it was just one for me that I needed to make a change at that particular time. Uh, I became a new dad um, uh, in the later part of 2021. Yeah. Uh, so that changed things, changed my perspective. Um, and my wife, Sam, who you know, um, had two family losses within the span of like a couple months on top of the postpartum journey, uh, on top of being new parents. Uh, so it's just the perfect time to make a change. Yeah. And it was more so for myself mentally and physically. I knew that it was time. Um, so I actually went back to the law firm that gave me my start in my career, which was very cool, very full, very full circle moment for me. Yeah. And worked there for about a year before joining who I'm with now, which is a show on insurance, uh, a part of CAA. Uh, and my role now is a senior bodily injury adjuster. Uh, so handling a lot more complex motor vehicle accident lawsuit files uh, to do with motor, motorcycle accidents, fatalities, uh, pedestrian accidents, um, those types of things. So very complex, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. And you probably, and, and in terms of like going back to kind of the day to day, obviously being a new father, needing to probably to be a little bit more consistent with your time. Mm -hmm. um, how does that correlate with the new position? Um, it's great. It's great because uh, I'm, I'm working from home predominantly. Perfect. Um, so that flexibility is very good that I do have my own, my set hours. Yeah. Uh, but there's flexibility there in terms of, you know, if you need to go somewhere to do an appointment on your lunch break or um, I'm the only one in my household that, that drives because uh, my wife, has, Sam, has has CP, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very important to me to be always close to home. Um, and I, I always wanted to make sure that I had a job that predominantly I was working at home. Um, so this one's allowing me to do that, uh, to have a job that I love, but also be very flexible and be at home. Um, so that Noah, my son, his daycare is around the corner. Yeah. Uh, if I have to take Sam somewhere, uh, my wife uh, somewhere, then I'm, I'm very accessible to her as well. Uh, so it's just a great fit all around. That's amazing. And so tell us a little bit about how, you know, you realized, obviously, you're a big sports guy growing up. Not that uh, you've been getting beat up lately playing soccer. <laughs> so I hear, um, you know, breaking bones and stuff like that. But um how did you go from kind of the corporate world to becoming a mentor in the fitness space? Yeah, that goes all the way back, I think, to uh, uh, to birth, actually. Because um, I was born with uh, Golden Heart Syndrome, okay, uh, which is incredibly rare. Um, I think the statistics put it at about somewhere between one every 3,500 to one in every 25,000 kids uh, have Golden Heart. So it's very rare. And what it is is uh, it's a musculoskeletal syndrome. Um, so it typically affects um, the ear, the jaw, um, different facial deformities, um, and most often a curvature of the spine mm -hmm. or a scoliosis. Um, so in my case, uh, I have no right ear. My right ear is a prosthesis. Um, I remember that as a kid when we were, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're playing mini sticks. And I think, what, what, what was the dog that chewed it the one time? Oh, yeah. One of the dogs. One of the dogs. One of the dogs chewed it. Yeah. That, um, was, uh, that was a classic. Uh, uh, my dad would call me and tell me, uh, oh, yeah, Dave's year's gone again. And fucking <laughs> Brian, Uncle Brian's going to lose it. 
Uh, and I, I remember coming down the stairs with that, thinking like, I don't know what happened, but like, it's it got chewed by the dog, I think. Yeah. Um, and the doctor was like, just just bring it in, you know, we can fix anything. And I never forget his face when I like I showed him what was left. He's like, we can't fix that. <laughs> that that's, that's gonna that's gonna require a new one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so my right ear is a prosthesis. Uh, I was born without a right jawbone. Um, so basically stopped just past my chin. Okay. So chewing food was a lot harder for me. It still is a little hard, but like I'm, I'm able to chew quote unquote normally. Um, like chew steak and all the hard foods just takes me a little bit longer. Um, and my back, uh, I did have a slight curvature in my back from birth, but it actually straightened as I grew. Um, and especially as I exercised. Um, so that's absolutely no problem uh, as I got older, which is great. Um, so I just feel very fortunate in, in my case, because although that gave me a lot of hurdles, um, and, you know, I was forced to overcome a lot of obstacles and adversity. I'd be at the hospital for various appointments when I was a kid, right? And you're looking around the room and there's others that have maybe the same syndrome or something else. And you just count your blessings, right? You're reminding you of how fortunate and how lucky you are. Uh, so I always felt that way. Um, but going back to your question, I always felt like a small guy because I couldn't chew food. I couldn't well, maybe process food, you know, as quickly as others. Yeah. Um, I would spend so much time, like an hour eating my meal. So therefore, you know, I wasn't able to consume certain amounts of food. And then I was always burning off whatever I ate. So I was always very skinny, like very light, very small statured. Um, Going into the corners with your brother, eh? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting beat up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and my nutrition, like, wasn't the greatest growing up either. Um, so as I learned, you know, what, what makes my body feel good, then I began to get, get so passionate about, about fitness and more so overall health and overall, like, a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Because, like, as you know, like, you start to, to implement things uh, into your day-to-day habits, and you realize, does this serve me well or does this not serve me well, right? And then, okay, so exercising serves me well. It serves me well physically. I feel strong, which is something I felt like I was lacking. I felt, like, weak and, and strongy, and I felt like I wanted to put on muscle. Um, so exercising made me feel like I was getting stronger. Okay, so how is my eating? My eating was very poor. Uh, people that knew me in high school, I would have the same routine where I'd have a Barks root beer in the classroom and an arrow bar, and that would pretty much be, like, my snack or maybe my lunch. Which is terrible to think about now based on like how healthy I eat now. Yeah. Um, but it's important because I wish, you know, I would have known at the time like what um, what serves the body the best or at least a better understanding of nutrition. Yeah. Because um, you just kind of get trapped into like, we even do it now, right? I still do it, of a, of a certain habit and it's just your habit. But you don't stop to assess how is it making you feel. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like, is this something that's healthy for your body? Totally. Whether it's something physical like food or whether it's something you're consuming, like something you're listening to, you know, is this serving me well? So I wish I would have had that self-awareness to know, arrow bars and barks root beer is not really going <laughs> to serve you well. Um, but, you know, as I, I, I started to exercise more, I started to eat right, uh, I started to consume, a, you know, a, a big level of protein every day, a ton of vegetables every day, I started to feel so good. And I just thought, like, that's what I used to feel like every day, like putting that stuff into my body. Like, I can't believe it. So then I just really got passionate about, you know, why, like, how, how I made that change and maybe, like, why we kind of make the choices that we make every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I, we still str- I still struggle with that and making certain choices in a day. 
maybe out of impulse, and then you're thinking, oh, why did I do that? Writing just comes from maybe weakness in the moment or emotion. Um, but as, as time went on, and you know, now I feel today very strong, I feel very healthy, very full, I eat a ton of food every day, as you see from, from whatever we're eating together. Uh, but it's just the right foods, right? Which is important because I think a lot of uh, a lot of times people think they have to diet. Yep. Uh, and it is a diet. Like, it is technically a diet because you're being a little bit restrictive, but you actually might find you're going to eat more than you eat now. Mm-hmm. You're just not eating the right foods. Yeah. Um, and what are those right foods to help you be your best self? Um, so that's where that passion comes from like how can you dan feel like your best self every day and that comes from what are you consuming what are you listening to you know all that all that stuff and once you figure that out you think you know it, it becomes easier right you know it becomes easier to say no i don't want to have that junk food today because it's not going to serve me well it might be it might taste great and an hour from now i'm going to regret it so then that decision becomes easier yeah understanding the backstory of of uh you know what? What is the what's the purpose behind the action? Right, right. Like, are you living with intention and how that's going? And um, you know, <laughs> for anybody that that knows Dave and and as you're getting to know him, uh, if you follow his, his his fitness page, it's like incredible to see his transformation. With obviously understanding some of the, the challenges, like you know, I can just put whatever I want in my body, but getting big as a kid. But you, I I forget what age it was, but when you started working out, you got huge. Out of nowhere, in in relative form, right? Like, how much weight did you put on, like, muscle wise? Right, right. And I appreciate that because I always feel like, um, like I, I I still feel like a fairly small statured guy, but yeah, right. and people might probably look at me now like he's still a small guy. But to me, like how I felt back then and how I know I looked was like scrawny, maybe maybe a hundred pounds. Yeah. Versus today, you know, I'm only one hundred and thirty three pounds, but I feel strong as fuck yeah 100 <laughs> I, you know, I, I can lift heavy weights yeah and you know it's, it's one of those examples right that the scale doesn't tell you everything yeah and and i hope that people don't get bogged down by a certain number on the scale whether it be they're trying to gain weight or they're trying to lose weight mm. it's one metric but it is one of many many metrics it's how you feeling how do you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror how do you feel about yourself mentally yeah. Um, do you feel healthy? Maybe your best self is a heavier weight, even though you're so fixated on getting your weight down. Um, so, you know, as I was at like a hundred pounds, feeling very, very weak, you know, not very strong versus, you know, now being at the, the 133, it's only a difference of like 33 pounds over so many years, mm-hmm. but I look completely different and I feel completely different. Yeah, shredded. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're shredded. Like, uh, you see a Dave pump-up video, it just makes you want to jump and go to the gym and fucking eat a salad and, and a steak instead of, uh, there's no junk food at that house. But um, so how did you find body, which was beach body before? I think a lot of yes. the listeners will probably know what beach body was mm-hmm. um, back in the day. What was the the two people's names? Was it Diane something? That um, were the beach body like uh, promoters? Oh, like the promoters or like my mentors? Yeah. Well, my mentors were, uh, were Jamie and Tim Fitzpatrick. Okay. Uh, and they actually live in Burlington. Uh, and I've been following them for a while. Uh, and we were using... Um, formerly Beachbody Body now, we were using um, them as a client. We were uh, working at home, like, you know, the odd time. I At the time, I was I was more in love with going to the gym mm-hmm. just for the uh, accessibility of the weights and the machines. Mm-hmm. 
But then as, you know, my career changed a little bit and maybe the demands of the day-to-day, I didn't have enough time to go to the actual gym for as long as I wanted uh, on a consistent basis every week, like six or seven days a week. Yeah. Um, so then it was like, okay, how can we, how can we, you know, get these resources at home but still feel like they're giving me the tools to be like as strong as I want to be without having the access to all those machines that are in the gym. Um, so then... I think it was actually the pandemic happened, right? Which seems like a lifetime ago, as you know, um, back in, in March 2020, where I was like, okay, well, here we are. Like, you know, I'm, I'm already working at home. We already kind of slowly were starting to build our home gym. But now it was like, well, you know, thank God I already have some of these things at home because now we can't go to the gym. Yeah. Um, so then I really dove into, into body more um, and started to use their programs. It's all virtual. So it's essentially like a Netflix of fitness. So okay. how you go on Netflix and you want to pick a TV show, it just comes up on the screen. The same concept with, with the body platform where you can just go on and pick a program, whether it's weightlifting or cardio or a hybrid, um, and you can just hit play. It plays for you. The trainer walks you through every exercise and you do it. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, we don't need a personal trainer necessarily. There is no plan that you have to kind of think about. You don't need any, there's no mental energy wasted yeah. on, you know, what am I going to do today? Well, what's my next move? Maybe I'll sit down and look at my phone. Maybe I'll do some curls. Like, you know, that stuff just wastes time and you're not going to be intentional with your fitness, right? So I just loved it. I fell in love with it like right away because it was just like, how can we limit any mental energy spent on figuring out what we want to do with our workout, but also make sure that it's accessible, that we can do it at the gym if we want, we can also do it at home or also while traveling, Yeah, um, which is what the body platform can, can give you. They give you those tools. Um, so it, be just, it became a hobby for me to at least be a coach to open it up to even friends or people that knew me that wanted to get help with their programs, but also someone that would take the time to maybe show them how to do certain exercises that the trainers on the screen were, were showing them, but they maybe needed someone like me to maybe you know um, film myself to show them a video of it. Yeah. Um, and I really fell in love with it. Uh, and I spent a lot of time um, diving into being a coach um, to try to recruit new clients uh, and bring in new people and new business. Um, but what I actually found was it was bogging me down. And it was hard because I, I felt like it was really a direction that I wanted to go with my life. It felt like a lot of my passion was mostly with the, the fitness and health world. Um, but I found that I wanted it to be more of like, I'm focusing on my own journey here, but I'm helping others that truly want the help. Yeah. And I think that's where I fell short was trying to convince people to adapt certain habits. But then I learned, you know, David, you can't force someone to work out. Like, you know, you can open the door and you can help push them there, but they have to walk through the door. And if they're willing to do the work, then I'm always here for them, but I can't do it for them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I learned that. Um, so I'm taking a little bit of a pause from that. And I'm always open to helping people that reach out. I say, like, I'll do whatever you want. Like, just tell me what, you know, I should do or what you think. And uh, I love working with those people. Um, so yeah, I'm, but- still, I'm still open to that in the future. And I think uh, I am going to probably get fully certified uh, and maybe start my own business in the future. But for now, I'm just happy to focus on my own journey uh, and then help those that reach out. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's a huge point that I don't find a lot of people talk about, which is having that barrier to entry with coaching. So, you know, when you when you become a coach, and I've been able to 
kind of see that in a lot of different ways. But one of the things recently, and for anybody listening, have a barrier to entry. They've got to want it just as much as you want it for them. And I found I was giving, giving, giving way too much, right? I'm sure like you, I, I saw your post and what mm-hmm. you were doing for the community. Like Dave would have given you a shirt off his back in the middle of the winter. It didn't matter. <laughs> and so what, what I've done recently when people ask me for business support or business coaching um, is I get them to read a book that I that I admire. Say, so read the book, come back to me once you've read it, we can talk. Mm-hmm. And it eliminates... 90%, maybe 95% of the people that would normally, I would give all my energy to or give all my advice to um, because I want it for them more than they want it for them. Mm-hmm. And just kind of eliminates that. And now I've got somebody that's read a book, interested in the topic, willing to do the work. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, really, I'm just like, you got the vehicle. I just got to put gas in it for you. No problem. I love that. that. I love that. Um, and it becomes hard because I think as a great mentor it's okay to want something more than they might want it themselves because it means you see a lot of potential in people right yeah which i think is a, is a great thing because we all need someone like that in our lives that's going to say you know i love you but because i love you i'm going to push you harder than anybody else yeah and i might be uncomfortable and you might hate me but I, I i love you and that's why i'm pushing you so hard yeah um and then if you know you can help someone or at least be a driving force to help them get to a certain goal it can be frustrating Right, because you can almost sit there spending way too much energy on someone when they may not want to do the work themselves. But you're like, well, maybe I, maybe it's just on me, right? Maybe I just need to do more to help them. It's like you can only do so much. You know, they have to be the ones actually lifting the weights, hundred percent, and wanting to get there. Yeah, that's the uh, what is it, Ronnie Coleman? Everybody wants to be fit, but nobody wants to lift these that's heavy, heavy weights. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back into, um, you know, I'd love to just, just because I know about the, the situation. So like, I'd love to talk about just how that fitness journey and your level of dedication helped Sam um, and, uh, and her journey with CP. Yeah, I think um, it's funny because I think when we both started, at least um, when the pandemic started in 2020, I think we would say that I was definitely the one that would be motivating her all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, come on, like, let's, let's work out. Like, I'm always so positive and full of energy, even in the morning, which she hates because she's not a morning <laughs> person. I'm like, let's go. Like, we're up. Let's go. And she's like, oh, leave me alone. Like, just stop. <laughs> um, you know, but, but uh, I give her so much credit because she took it upon herself to then say, you know, we have these resources and these tools and we have a home gym now. You know, how can... How can this help me in my CP journey, uh, which for those that don't know, it's cerebral palsy. Uh, and she would consider her case to be milder. Um, but she, with her CP, you know, how can she get to be her strongest self with the resources of exercising every day and, and also the mental fitness of it, the, maybe some meditation, some yoga, consumption of personal development books, uh, and maybe certain traumas she might have in her past. Like what resources can you consume um, to be your best self and, and to help you overcome the obstacles that she has with CP yeah, um, and also myself because it's mental fitness is just as important as physical fitness, right? Totally. Um, so, so, you know, with me being such a motivator for her, uh, I think that was great. Uh, but she also did it all herself where she wouldn't let things stop her. Whereas, you know, for example, um, you know, her feet don't, don't move the same way that ours do. Um, she's not able to, to fully put her foot kind of flat on the ground to have the same range of motion in her feet. Uh, so therefore, like she walks with a bit of a limp, uh, and then her balance can be 
can be sometimes an issue, right? Especially if there's uneven, uneven ground, uneven terrain. Um, so when working out, right, if you're doing things like burpees or like jumping jacks or things like that, there's things that she might have to modify. Uh, but she wouldn't let us stop her, right? She would always find a way, like, I have to modify, that's okay, but I'm going to find a way. And if, even if I think this might be hard, I'm going to try it anyway, even if it's harder because I have CP. Um, and she got to, like, her strong, I would say, almost her strongest self, um, right before she became a mother. Um, and then she was pregnant. And she was a badass. She continued to work out up until nine months pregnant. Come on. A couple of days before giving birth to our son, um, even with CP. Uh, and she's so thankful. And I was so proud because I think it did wonders for her recovery mm-hmm. uh, and also wonders for the pregnancy. Because if you keep moving your body, you know, you just, you just feel healthier. And your body adapts to whatever you're giving it every day, whether it's staying stagnant and sedentary, your body's going to react to that. Or if it's staying active, your body will react to that and adapt to that. Totally. So, you know, as much as even now, sometimes we might make excuses for ourselves. Like, I feel a little bit like low of energy today. Like, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I'm going to work out anyway. And then you always feel better after. Every time. Versus, you know, "Ah, I don't really feel like I have it. Like, I'm going to give myself a rest. Then you wake up the next day and it becomes the same thing. Now you're starting a pattern. Because now you're like, well, why? I thought it was just a one-day thing. Like, why, why, why did I wake up and why do I feel like I have no energy? Well, because yesterday you took a day off because you thought you had no energy because maybe you just needed some rest. Now, today you're going to decide to take some rest because you don't feel this. You feel the same way. Um, so now it's, now it's a habit. Just yeah. like exercising is a habit, your body will adapt to how good you feel and how full of energy you are because of that. Totally. Um, and she did that. Um, and she was able to completely recover like pretty quickly from giving birth um and, and they, then they told her she would be in a bed for the last couple they did months. yeah yeah it's a great memory like they actually said like probably at six months you're gonna be in a wheelchair or like completely bedridden because you have cp uh and it's gonna be so much strain on your on your legs on your feet uh on your knees she was like okay um but as much as she didn't believe it like people tell you that right and she's like i don't know maybe they're right but then she kept exercising, and sure enough, you know, a couple of days before giving birth, she was still exercising <laughs> in some capacity. And then she actually gained a lot of weight, and she wouldn't mind me saying this, like she gained a ton of weight through her pregnancy. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it was like 40, over 40 pounds. Okay. Um, and then she slowly, day by day, just kept grinding and working out and exercising and never stopped. And then sure enough, now she's even stronger uh, and even more fit than she was before she became a mother. Unreal. So, you know, when people, you know, come get her and say, oh, it's so easy for you. You're just, you're so thin. You're so small. She's like, fuck off. Like, bullshit. Yeah, like, I have, yeah. I have CP and I was told I would be bettering that six months. And I gave birth to a child. And now I'm my strongest self. And you're telling me that, like, it's too hard for you? Yeah. Um, so it's time wonders for her, for her as well. Yeah. No, I love Shannon. It's a, it's a power story. Um to say the least, and I think, you know, anybody listening that we, we all have, you know, some mental hurdles and it doesn't matter if they're physical or they're real or, or they're in your head, right? Like, you know, everybody's issues are just as important, but, um, hearing stories like that just get you motivated to, to do more and, and make it happen. Um, thank you so much for sharing, Dave. Um, so how do you handle setbacks over the years? I know you've had a ton, whether it's the mini sticks or <laughs> soccer or whatever. You know, I think 
from what I can can say and kind of gear the, the conversation, but like I think your setbacks are because you're pushing the envelope. Um, what uh, what keeps you going? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's always that because I'm pushing the envelope or if I'm just injury prone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I want to provide some context to the mini sticks that you keep bringing up. Yeah. So, uh, I know one time we were in your basement on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I was like eight or nine years old and uh, we were the same age. So I guess we we're both eight or nine, uh, and we we're playing hockey down there. And then I think someone got it in their head to use a full arm stick <laughs> in the basement with no room. Um, and I took a slap shot, follow through right in the nose. Yep. Uh, and my nose was bleeding all over the place, but we both, uh, had parents that were like, yeah, you're all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, it's just some blood, you know? And I think my nose has never recovered because it's the most crooked <laughs> nose I think I've ever seen. Aside from Brad Marshall on, yeah. on, the, on the Boston Brewings. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, going back to, going back to your question, um, I wish I, I wish I would have known when I was younger that when you get a setback, uh, and I always did a good job pushing through adversity and overcoming obstacles, but I could have made it easier on myself with the mentality that no matter what your setback is, it's teaching you something. And you have to stop and assess what is it teaching you? You know, how did you get here? Uh, and sometimes it's out of your control, whether it be how, you know, I injured myself this past May playing soccer. How did I get here? Well, I played soccer and I was running too fast, I guess. <laughs> and I just destroyed my knee. Um, but, you know, in, in life more so, how did I get here with, if you fail something, yeah. if you have a certain goal and you don't quite reach it, well, how did I get here? Uh, and what do I need to do differently? And once you figure that out, okay, well, what can I control? Because, you know, we get down on ourselves, right? We, we fail something, we have an obstacle to overcome. Maybe there's a hardship coming our way and we don't know how to prepare for it. Just what can I control? You know, what, what, what can I control today, tomorrow, next week, this month um, to help me uh, make it through or to, to see the other side or to, to, to get, get moving forward? Yeah. Right. And, um, and it's a great question because it brings me to a point I want to make is that uh, I know you're familiar with the program 75 Hard, right? Yeah. Um, so Sam and I actually did that um, a couple months ago now. Um, we went on a, a cruise, just the two of us, uh, at the end of August. Uh, and we've been him and Han about doing 75 hard for, for a couple of years, actually. Um, as a big Andy Frisella fan, you're a big Andy Frisella fan. Yeah. Um, so we're like, this might be the hardest time to do it because we just indulge in drinks and food all week. Um, but it'll be a great time because it's the hardest time. So it'll test us. So we embarked on that journey at the end of August, this past August. On the cruise or after the cruise? Right after. Okay. Right after. Like that Monday, I think we got back on the Sunday. We started the next day. Like, this is going to be hard AF, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start. And we started. And as you know, it, it's basically like a checklist of things you have to do, right? Um, you want to drink gallon of water a day, take a progress picture every day, have two workouts that are 45 minutes in length. One of them must be outside. Uh, read 10 pages of personal development every day um and i th i think that's the list um and you have to do that every day for 75 days and if you don't do one of those things even if it's the progress picture you fail and you go back to the beginning so we did it and you know some days were easier than others um and some days were grind and i am one that does not like walking for example and that was going to be our second 45 minute workout that was outside yeah and i hate it absolutely hate it um, cause I'm like, where are we going? Like, there's no destination. We're just walking in a circle for the sake of walking. Um, I did grow to love it because I, I learned that the fresh air was very important. Um, 
and it was something that you can do to kind of wind down from the day. Mm-hmm. So that was important. But I want to bring this back to your question is I failed. Uh, I, I didn't complete the tasks one of the days. I think I made it to day 33 and I failed, but I failed with, I would say, intention because I did it for between day 23 and probably 33. I wanted to fail. I wanted to fail it every day. Like I was done with it um, because I, th- I felt that it actually wasn't serving me well that having the all or nothing mentality really didn't serve me well, Mm -hmm. that I was a guy that needed to be hard on myself. Like, what can I do better today? Like you didn't do X, Y, Z, you should have done that. Okay, let's do that tomorrow. But also like, let's look at the positives. Like you did still win the day. You just maybe didn't do all the things that you wanted to do and that's okay. But I was very hard on myself because, well, if I don't drink this gallon of water, even though I'm at three quarters of a gallon, like I'm failing the day. So like, you know, really, what have I accomplished today? But that, like, to me, that's bullshit. Cause yeah. it's like, that's not how we should operate in life. Yeah. I love um, that. Is, is the all or nothing mentality. And some people, I think that that's important that, you know, having that checklist and, and going through that program is important. But for me personally, it didn't serve me well at all because it, I just felt like unless I hit them all and Sam was the same way, unless we conquer each thing on that checklist, we failed. Um, and that was an obstacle to overcome, going back to your question, because how do you feel like you're learning and you're growing when you're failing? And we actually felt like we learned a lot and we grew a lot through the failure because we failed in a good way. At least I try to say that we failed in a good way because we learned what serves us well and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had the courage to fail intentionally. Whereas we were, okay, I was okay with that failure because I knew it wasn't serving me well. Mm-hmm. And I've done things in the past where, you know, uh, for example, there was one one program on Boggy that we did, and I wanted to do it with Sam to be supportive, right? Uh, it was pretty much using all resistance bands, no weights for the, well, maybe a little bit of weights, but very low, low impacts and all resistance bands, a lot of cardio. I'm like, oh, I'll do it. That'll be good for me. Mix it up, right? It was a nine week program. By week two, I was done with it. I'm like, I'm losing weight. I'm trying to gain weight. I'm losing my muscle. Um, I'm sure like I'm getting more like um, definition in my midsection and my abs, but this is like far from the goals that I have for myself. <laughs> but I'm like, no, nope, like I have to do it. Like I set out to complete the program. So like I'm, I'm, a, I'm failing if I don't, if I don't complete this. So fine, I'll just suffer and I'll go through the misery and I'll complete it. Mm-hmm. And I did. What I learned was like, Dude, two weeks in, you knew you were 100% confident that wasn't serving you. So why why did you continue? Yeah. And there's strength in failing, in my opinion, because if you know it's not serving you well, mm-hmm. then why why is it a bad thing to change course? You know, it's like that GPS analogy, right? Uh, and you probably have it in business all the time is, you know, you have a certain goal. You might have it in your mind of an exact route and a destination uh, of how you're going to get to that destination, mm-hmm. but you just have to reroute along the way. And you're still moving forward. You're just changing course a little bit, and that's okay. You're not failing. You're just changing your direction. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's that's super powerful. And then the ability to do that is, is uh, yeah, that's great. I don't even have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just a very powerful point. Um, um, and so we always ask this at the end of the podcast, but what advice would you give to your younger self? I know you kind of just answered that, um, but is there any, any other tidbit, any other nugget? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Um, you say I think you said maybe one one thing, but I'll, I'll give two. I think uh, I think you've probably heard this famous quote from Alex Hermosi. Yeah. That goes, uh, you don't gain confidence by showing affirmations in the mirror. Yeah. You gain it by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. So outwork your self doubt. And it's so powerful and so profound, especially the last part, right? Outwork your self doubt. Like no matter what, you just out. If you have a doubt, you just outwork it. And then you convince yourself, like, I have the confidence now because I've worked so hard that I feel like I'm going to accomplish this goal. Um, and that takes me into something I wish I would have known when I was younger and I would give advice to my younger self as is, you know, no matter what your intentions are, the, the grandest of intentions, uh, or sorry, the smallest of actions are, are far greater than the grandest of intentions. It doesn't matter what your intentions are, but if you're not taking any action to get there, it's bullshit. Like you're not moving forward. Love it. Um, so that would definitely be some big advice, and that's something that I'm still learning. Um, but I wish I would have known when I was younger or embodied every day. Is you know, I listened to all these motivational podcasts and playlists or YouTube videos. It was because podcasts weren't a thing when we were younger. Yeah. Um, but then it was like few actions to get to work to where my you know to what my goals were, uh, especially when I came to exercising. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, like I want to be fit like that. I want to be ripped. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have the stature to be super jacked, but I just want to be, you know, really lean, strong. But then my actions are: you're going to the gym twice a week, not, not seven or six, which is my goal, and you're eating like shit. So you're, you keep saying your intention is to get really healthy and to get really fit and to eat well, but your actions are saying something completely different. So it's, you know, what are your actions saying? It doesn't matter if you're not motivated that day, but if you take action toward your goal, you're farther yeah. than if you feel great that day, but you take no action. Powerful. Yeah, I think Alex Ramosi says another thing, but like, let me see your calendar and I'll tell you if you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a good one. Well, guys, um, if you didn't get anything from this podcast, just stop listening because uh, <laughs> that was a waste of a day. But that was an awesome, awesome uh, insight, Dave. And um, I'm getting to learn a little bit more about you today than I didn't know before. So that was great. Nice, nice. Thank you so much. And uh, so for everybody tuning in, again, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, Dave, it, it will be able to share his, uh, his body um, uh, program and if you guys want to know more you can always reach out to Dave all his socials will be there Ty that's working very hard in the back to make this podcast happen um, he'll get you all that information Dave thank you so much for being on the show absolutely my pleasure thank you for having me Dave <laughs>